Welcome back to the Code 1098 True Crime Podcast. We took a little break and now we are back. About a year ago, Code 1098 started covering the disappearance and suspected murder of Rosalio Gutierrez Jr. This week, we have a special guest who was one of the key witnesses in the murder trial of Zachariah Anderson. Anderson was found guilty at trial and convicted of murdering Jr. I would like to introduce Mike Campbell. Welcome to Code 1098, Mike. Since the conviction of Zachariah Anderson, there has been this online campaign about free Zach, and Zach was wrongfully convicted, and there's people leveling accusations at a, a number of people that were a part of this case in one way or another, including you, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And there's lots of rumors out there um, about these things, especially in your situation about your relationship with Junior and people have brought up things, you know, about money being owed and, you know, you visiting Zach's house with one of your guys' other friends and just different things like that. And so today I am hoping that we can talk about some things and set the record straight so that it's straight from the horse's mouth and people can stop with maybe some of the the extra stuff that's been being put out there that doesn't really have any um, forensic or evidentiary support behind it. Right. So I guess the first thing um, that comes to mind for me is what was your friendship or your relationship with Junior like? What was that? What did that look like? It was good. I mean, we hung around, hung around each other since high school. So, I mean, we had a good relationship. Never really had a falling out ever. So, I mean, all these false accusations, you know, it's really making me angry. Like, I don't understand why, you know, people would even assume that or whatever. I mean, obviously... You know, they're not in my everyday life when we were together, you know. We worked a lot, you know, so we hung around a lot. Um, But, yeah, I just don't appreciate none of these, you know, comments about me. I have a family, you know, like I got kids. So, I mean, I just want that stuff to stop. And, and I think that's fair. Um, so you guys were friends for a very, very long time. Yeah, long and, time. And in all those years, were you like off and on? Would you guys have like disagreements and not speak to each other? Or was this more just like a typical friendship? Like when you had time for each other, you were homies. And when you didn't, you were still homies from a distance. Yeah, like, you know, everyday life, as you get older, you don't see your friends every day. You know, people right. got lives, people got families. So, but I, like I said before, I didn't have any type of falling out with them. The only uh, situation I ever had with him is that he underpaid um, a friend of mine that did a job for him, and he knew better. And I just felt like he was being greedy with not even much money, you know, like 600-something dollars. Um, So he paid, you know, my buddy only like $150. So, of course, someone's going to be upset when 
that's, you know, a terrible amount of money for that much of a hard job, you know, that's. So there was one of the things that was brought up and it was brought up during trial is about money being owed between you and junior. Right. And, and so from what you just said, it sounds like it wasn't about money owed necessarily between the two of you, but that you brought one of your friends, Mm -hmm. um, into the situation to work a job with him and your friend felt shorted Mm -hmm. by the amount of money that he was paid by junior for the job. Right. And so you addressed it with junior, you know, in a way like, like I would like to anybody. Is, like that's if the bogus, shoe, like if it, the shoe was yeah. on the other foot. Like if he was the guy who got shortchanged by the other guy, you'd be addressing would, it with the other guy. Right. Exactly. And and what was the result of this? Like did did it did you guys settle it? Did you oh, guys not speak like he, for some time or well, like what happened? Like I said, I got the job from my buddy. I just kind of helped my buddy out do it, um, and. I was basically doing it for a favor for my friend and, you know, just helping him out and whatever, get it done. And, you know, I let them hash out the money situation. I don't know what, you know, happened between that because that's none of my business. So, um, but that was the only, only situation I've ever, you know, had a bad experience with him. You know, nobody's perfect in this world, but at the same time, he was a good person, you know, like. So it sounds like you guys, you addressed it with them, but it wasn't like an issue in your friendship. You kind of left them to work it out. Yeah. But you let him know that you knew of the situation and you, how you felt about it. Right. Exactly. Because I speak my mind on any type of situation, you know, like that's just how I, how I am. So it just, you know, that was the situation and you carried on with your friendship as usual. Always. Yep. Definitely. And you did business together like you had in the past after after that, right? Of course. So it didn't really change anything, right? So the fact that this continuously kept getting brought up to you, I could only imagine how frustrating that alone could be, right? Definitely. Because you're like spelling this out for people, right? And when you, now to be a witness, typically you're interviewed by the side that calls you. Um, Sometimes you're interviewed by both sides. Um, Did that happen for you before the trial? Only by the DA. So you were interviewed by the the prosecution, right? And and I'm sure during that time, did you spell this out for them? Of course. And I mean, I told them everything that I knew. I offered and, to and give them you, my phone. Did you give for them a four statement? hours? They had it. So they did. Um, have I had their phone. nothing to hide. You know, absolutely nothing to hide. Like. Um, so it's safe to say you fully cooperated in every way, every way possible with the investigation. Completely. Okay. Um. One of the other things that was brought up was like, why were you? And your friend Brandon, or your guy, yours and Junior's friend Brandon, um, at Zach's house after Rosalio disappeared. And I understand that, you know, it was it was brought up during the trial, but I feel like it was kind of limited. Like, it was almost boxed in as to what they were asking you. Um, and, and it's not that you didn't divulge anything i just felt like 
maybe they weren't asking the right questions. So I guess for me, like one of the things people are saying is like, why were you there, right? Like were you mm. planting evidence, that type of thing. That's one of the accusations that people are putting online. Like it's, it's right. part of the free Zach campaign, we'll mm. call it, online right now. And I'm just saying, so like why were you and Brandon going to Zach's house after you find out that Rosalio's missing? Like what... What did you, what made you decide to do that? Well, first off, I already knew about the issues with this dude, Zach, from Junior, because he told me about there's potential GPS tracking systems. That so, dude Junior, bought. so Junior had spoke to me about this before, you know, probably, probably week, maybe two weeks. I, I don't know exactly, but before, you know, that that's why I had suspicion. I mean, I even told the detectives when I went to check my buddy's house when, you know, a lady that we used to work for <clears throat> told me that she hasn't heard from him in a few days. So, of course, I'm going to go check because that's what type of friend I am. And I did, and that's when I discovered the situation because there was detectives there and whatever, and then... Because Sadie hadn't contacted you. Right. Or anything. Nobody contacted I you to say... I tried contacting her, obviously, after I left Junior's apartment. But she was okay. being so, interviewed, so I believe, by the just, detectives. Just, just for the timeline's sake, okay? Because that's another thing that people keep pressing on. Different parts of the timeline of events that took place. From right before when he went missing and what happened after. So... You don't know Junior is missing yet because nobody's told you, right? Right. Like, Sadie the, doesn't the call The investor you. that we were working with is the one that informed me that asking, or a, asking me if I had heard from him. And, and I said no because I believe it was... I can't remember what day it was. I, was it Tuesday or something that I found out? But I think she got a hold of me. Uh, maybe it would probably no. It was that Tuesday that she got a hold of me and was asking me if I had spoken to him. And <clears throat> I didn't. And then I went and paid my truck payment, I believe. And then I drove past his apartment and I seen all the caution tape and you know detectives and. This and that. So, obviously, I stopped and, you know, basically told them everything that I knew. So, until the investigator calls you and asks you if you've heard from Junior, you know investor. nothing. Uh, investor. Investor? Yeah, it was an investor. Like a, you know, it was who we worked for. Like. Oh, so it was someone like he did work for. for right. And, and they I called you too. and say, he's not answering me and I haven't heard from him in three days. Yeah, because I think he was supposed to do something for her. Like during that time when he was missing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <clears throat> and, and Maybe that Monday or something. Before, I don't know. before that occurred, when had been the last time that you had interacted with Junior? Like if, either via text, in I, person, ran into him out, whatever. I, I have a terrible memory, but... From, from my, what I remember from the court, they were saying that Friday or Saturday was like the last time I was 
you know, with him or something like that. And one of them days, it was all the kids, his kids, my kids, had like a little pizza party at my house. And, um, but it wasn't normal for me to not talk to him for a couple of days and stuff like that. So, um, especially because I was, you know, working for other people as well. You know, I wasn't just having a junior for, you know, my main source of income. You know, when you're a subcontractor, normally you got, you work for quite a few different people, so. So, now back to my original question as to why you and Brandon went to Zach's house. So, now we've laid out that the this woman, this investor person that Junior was doing work for, calls you and says, he's MIA, I can't find him, I need to know what's going on, this is a problem. You end up driving past his apartment complex when you're out running errands that day and you see all the caution tape and the police everywhere. So you pull up on the police and you're like, what's going on? This is my friend's concerned ha- friend. apartment. Like, yeah, my my I felt like I stepped on my heart getting out of my truck because it just dropped. I knew something was wrong. You know, well, I like, mean, what do you think when there's crime scene tape? Either exactly. someone's dead or they got real close to dead, right? Because right. there's a whole lot of evidence in that space that and they're somebody have walking to in the ET suit. So yeah, that I mean that anybody with half of half a common knowledge of of ever watched a crime show know that's not a good sign, right? Exactly. Something bad is going on in there. So you see this, you you give information to the investigators and everything, and then is it that day, the next day, a few days, how long after you go to the apartment, you find out exactly he's missing and everything, do you go to Zach's house? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think <clears throat> we, I uh, went home, Erica knew something was really wrong, and just by the look on my face... So my buddy Brandon already had called me and I, because of the post that I had made, because I believe I made the post right after I left Junior's house, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, I really don't remember time frame, but um, so he called me because he was in town and he said, what's up with your post? And I said, man, I don't know, you know, so I, he was like, "Well, well, I'll be over. So... I had Erica look up public knowledge because you can look up anybody's name and, you know, get their address or pretty much anything you want to know about them and got his address because that's just how me and my friends will look out for each other. It ain't, you know, we're no gang members or anything like that. We're just close friends. So, um, of course, we're going to investigate ourselves, you know. No disrespect to any police and for, you know, you know, no poop. I, I don't know. I just would do well, that for any of my friends. Well, I'm not, so, you know, I'm not faulting you for that. Cause I, you know that there's this issue because in the weeks, one to two weeks leading up to Junior's disappearance, he's telling you all these crazy things about Zach Anderson. Correct. That, that he's Sadie's ex. He's crazy. There's GPS devices being used. Someone went through my truck. Stuff was missing. He shared all these things with you, right? Right. Like all these different and things. And I basically told him to be careful, you know, because you don't know what 
anybody's capable of. So now he's missing. You find out he's missing. And I think they tried to zero in on this, I feel, or make make something of it during the trial, was that you had Erica, which you explained was your a girlfriend at the time, that you had her help you or she had already gathered intel somehow about where Zach lived and things like that. Correct. And so they tried to kind of zero in on that, I feel, or make something of it at the trial. But, like, we live in a technology age where information is just so readily available if you look for it. And even something as simple as, you know, court records and stuff give people's addresses. And you're not supposed to use it for things like that, but we all know people out there do. Exactly. Right? Like, it's there. People do stuff with it they're not supposed to all the time. So I don't I don't see how people are trying to use that so far based on what you've said to fuel these accusations um, or motives or anything you may have had. So now you've gathered this information. You're, you, one of your best friends is missing. Your, your group, your clique, he's part of it. You know, all of you guys are talking. You and Brandon decide we're going to go to Zach's. Correct. And we have the address. We're driving to Mequon. And you go. Mm-hmm. Why do you go to Zach's? Because that's who I believe had something to do with it. Um, so I went to his house. That's exactly what I did. And, you know, I went there to talk to him. You know, I don't know what would have happened if he would have even told us if he was him, you know. Like, but I'm always going to protect myself, you know. At the end of the day, like, if he approached me, of course, then we're fighting. But if he would have just talked to me like a man, that's what I went there to talk to him, you know, man to man. Like, and actually to, to read his conscience as well. And that looked pretty fucked up in my opinion he looked really fucking scared like he did something wrong so that told me right there that he was i felt like guilty as fuck and you know you might not have done it yourself buddy but you you definitely had help or something but it is what it is you know like i went to his house like i said to to talk to him you know I can't predict the future. I don't know, you know, what I would have done if he would have told me it was him. But, again, I know for sure if I ended up missing or something like that, I'd have a few of my buddies looking for me. So, um, and I'm sure Zach's got a few buddies of his own that would probably do the same for him. You have addressed things like... um you know, how you came to find out. You've addressed the money situation that people try to make something out of. You have addressed the whole why you and Brandon showed up at his house and what your intentions, you know, were or could have been, you know, depending. And the reason you went there is because you'd been told by your friend that he was being harassed, stalked by this crazy guy mm. that was the ex of Sadie, which is one of the women he was seeing at the time. 
Um, your friend comes up missing, so you go looking for the most obvious suspect, right? And I don't think there's anything extraordinary about that. Well, and you brought up being a contractor and tiling and flooring and bathrooms and things like that. Do you ever install or remove carpet? Yeah, I have, of course. Because um, you do floors, right? Right. And you, you specialize in tiles, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I never do carpet. I remove it. Um, so I never install the carpet. I never learned how to do that. I just did like hard surfaces, you know, wood floors, laminate, oh, that you know, tile. Okay. So, so when there was this little tidbit was brought up during the trial about you having a carpet in a van or in your trailer. Yeah, in my trailer. Yeah, this guy that used to drive my sister around, um, you know, she had a problem and you know she was picked up by this uh company and she went every morning um you know to get her methadone so <clears throat> so your sister was an addict she was and an she addict. was getting treatment and she'd get picked up by this john guy that drove a van for some yeah clinic and she'd get taken to the clinic to get right, her methadone with a bunch of while other... she was working through her sobriety right okay exactly and that's the guy this who made the accusation? This is the guy that supposed, yeah, that wrote a statement saying that <clears throat> I had a, you know, rolled up carpet in my trailer and he had asked me to, if he could have it. And I'm like, I took it out for a reason. It's, you know, filled with dog piss. You wouldn't want it, you know? So, you know, normally people take out carpet because they have to because it's, you know, terrible. Um, you know, not many people just change it because they want to, you know. They wait for it to be yeah, worn, worn or whatever, right? In some so, way. yeah. I could say 99% of the time when I've had numerous different types of carpet rolls in my uh, trailer, um, that it was terrible. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's something that not everybody knows so i mean of course the defense is going to try to say some crazy shit saying that you know well i but think... that was the john guy that said it but um you know whatever he was probably paid from my perspective watching the trial what i seen was they you know one of the big things is that there was a piece of carpet missing from junior's apartment or an area rug yeah. something like that a larger piece of rug or carpeting mm -hmm. was removed, right? And it's suspected that's how they removed Junior's body right. from the crime scene. So, I, from my perspective, having that fact in my mind, which was always made kind of public knowledge from once they released the statement about the case and things like that, and people started talking about it. And then they brought up a witness seeing you a flooring guy with rolls of carpet or a roll of carpet right. in your work trailer right and the funny part is is when you tear up carpet you cut it in like four foot sections three foot sections and roll it and then you you know you duct tape it up so if there was a body in it 
the you know what I'm saying? More than half of the damn body is going to be sticking out it, you know? Yeah, and you, you don't what, need sections what of What murderer would leave a body in a trailer, you know what I mean? And or bloody, you know? Like, it just made no sense. And I get, you know, that's their job that they had to... Well, and again, you said you fully <clears throat> cooperated. So at some 100%. point... 100%. Did you still have this trailer... I still when, have that trailer you to still this have day. It. So if the police would have showed up at any point and said, they "Can we put the black light on it? Yeah, do what can you we do. test it to make sure there? Can we rule it out for blood splatter?" You would have been like, "Absolutely." Well, of course, you'd still invite that uh, to this day until I'm dead. I would. See, and and so this is I have nothing to hide. And I think that's important for people to hear right from you. Yeah, because definitely. you've you've maintained all along. Like, it's got to be awful. Like, it's one thing to be accused of, of something like murder, right? right? An awful murder like this. It's a whole nother level to be accused of murdering one of your own best friends when there was literally nothing bad about your friendship. Like, no bad bloods, no, yeah. no nothing happening. You know, we're all human beings and, you know, like, I, I just don't understand that people just would judge somebody off of just what they hear you know trying to say even junior was a bad guy you know like everybody has their faults nobody's perfect you know junior liked to hang out with lots of women you know which is you know something that he's gonna he would have to deal with but again that doesn't even if that's the case, that's not even relevant. You know, right. like people shouldn't even be talking about that because he's the victim. Right. And if people want to talk about anything, like, what are you going to say? Because the reality is if, if he wouldn't have came up missing, he would have carried on his ways, right? right. Seeing multiple women at Until once. Until you grow or whatever. You know, everybody man. grows. Until and... he decided that that was not how he wanted to go about life anymore. He was going to live how he lived, right. like, and that's something we're all entitled to do. And it may not feel good for the women that right. he was seeing, right? but we all know somebody like that, right? And it's just, it is what it is. And I think that it was kind of in poor taste um, with with them trying to, to bring portray up him. Yeah, and try to... in that way, because especially, you know, when you take into account Sadie. Now, I've never spoken with Sadie directly uh, maybe hopefully one day that'll change, but I just feel like a lot of people were really coming from her for her, and well, they were coming at numerous people. Like they 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 tried to say the girl that he was supposed to meet. They were like, oh well, what about her? Like that's what I was seeing on the internet anyway. And you know they were obviously trying to hit it at every angle, right? And, and I so mean, that's their job. My question becomes like, when is enough? Right. He was, you know, whether we like it or not, we do. they are going to have these campaigns where they're going to accuse you mm-hmm. so harshly, so intently right. of being an alternative murderer to the convicted murderer. They really need to have something to, to kind of stand on with that. You have a family. Right. You're a business owner. Correct. This is happened in your community where you grew up, where you live, where you know everybody. Right. I could potentially lose customers because of it. You know, like if somebody seen the video and, you know, remotely 
believe anything that they're trying to say like you know oh why would they want me in their house you know i potentially killed somebody you know like and that's just gonna obviously take money out of my pocket and my family so that's it's very frustrating and then when you have your 10 year old son saying um what happens if he gets off daddy is he gonna come harm us like you know a lot of people don't understand what you know what that's done to me like this whole situation has really affected me and my children and let alone zach's kids and junior's kids i mean look at they're gonna have to live without a father like for the rest of their lives you know you know stepfather is great but it's not the same so um i mean that's just it's it's terrible it's it's a terrible situation and you know my conscience is clean so you know for any of you believers go ahead and keep believing their lies if you want i don't think people really are considering when they're making these accusations the effect that these things have on people yeah Be definitely I, I mean i don't want anybody to think bad of me i mean if you ask anybody that knows me they they're definitely not going to tell you i'm a bad person i can guarantee you that hopefully people will stop with the false narratives that's what i want and the bogus accusations and maybe just maybe put some attention on locating rosalio's remains definitely because that alone could expand you know the story that's been formed based on evidence so far. And I feel like if anybody wants to put their energy into something, it should really be that. Right. Exactly. And, and this people got to understand losing a family member, like put them in that situation. I guarantee you that they're going to have a whole different outlook on situation like that. I appreciate you taking the time to come in and set the record straight on code 1098. And hopefully your message gets out there and this will help people to reconsider leveling these accusations and what is tantamount to a smear campaign against you um, to rest and ease up off of it and go seek out some actual facts like the case file and evidence and things of that nature. Right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Having an extensive background in the legal field allowed me to better understand the hows and whys of this trial more than likely better than someone else who lacks the intimate knowledge of Wisconsin law, trial procedure, and local rules. Now with that being said, it is the job of the prosecution to try to give the jury as much of a picture as they can that Zach did it. And because that is what they believe and that is what the evidence has shown them and that is what they are going to argue. Now with that being said, it's also the job of the defense to counter the prosecution's evidence in order to try to create reasonable doubt and introduce potential for any alternative theories that can make the jury believe that their client might actually be innocent. I sincerely hope 
that all of the individuals who continue to stick their necks out and sling mud at the victims of Zachariah Anderson's crimes are truly exercising their due diligence and not basing the serious accusations they have made off of internet searches and the word of a convicted criminal. And before people jump on the timeline bandwagon, it was well established that Zach owned multiple phones, which is not unusual for someone involved in the drug game on any level. Furthermore, avoiding traffic cams is easier than one might think. I will leave you with this. Whatever you believe, be sure to have substantial facts and stand behind your allegations. Otherwise, it might be considered baseless and slanderous. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our first episode of Code 1098 After Dark. Follow us so you never miss an update.